Hey Rob. Howdy, how's it going? I'm very well. It looks like you're trapped in um, in Severance. I am, yes. That's so my which, background for today. Which Rob are we talking to? Is it the, the innie or the outie, whatever it's called? Well, I guess because I'm, I'm in the... I'm in Lumen Industries at the moment. I guess this must be my innie. I am my innie. Wow. This could go down to such a rabbit hole. I think I'll just stop there. Um, <laughs> and uh, that noise we just heard in the background was actually our, our next guest. Um, we've got someone else on the line today, Rob, and it's a chap called Matt Inman. Uh, hi, Matt. Guys. Thanks for having me. No, thank you for coming on. Um no, no. We, Matt and I have met before, but about a couple of years ago, and um, funny enough, Matt has actually appeared on the channel, and I think I'm right, don't quote me on this, but I think I'm right in saying that you were the first person that I interviewed on the channel, I think. So, Possibly, I don't, I don't, that's, it was early, early, Yeah. early Mark Ellis reviews. It's when I had yeah. about 20 subscribers, so I really, <laughs> exactly. really appreciate you coming on and doing that. <laughs> The video's still there. We should link to that. I will link to it. I'll put it in the in the in the, in the description. But um, no, thanks for coming on, Matt. Um, there's a, there's a reason for you coming on. I think which we, Matt, which Rob and I think is quite interesting, which we'll get into in a bit. But I suppose just for the benefit of the audience, do you want to give us a, a quick rundown of who you are and what you do? Oh sure, happy to happy to oblige. Uh, yeah, my name is Matt Inman. I uh, I've been at IT for around 25 years now. So uh, mostly in the corporate world. Um, Right before COVID, I took a sabbatical from from that and uh, started writing, which is where you and I met, Mark. And um, I've been writing kind of ever since. But here recently, I have uh, I've missed IT. Believe it or not, I I, I figured out that that uh, it's it's kind of my calling, and I, I need to get back in that world. And uh, I've started doing some application development, and application development is cool on a PC and in the Windows world and in the Android space. But, you know, you're kind of missing out on half your audience right there. So uh, that's what brings me to you guys. Yeah. Because um, I suppose just to bring everyone up to speed, Matt emailed me a few weeks back and said, I'm mainly a PC slash Android guy, but I've got this project that's going to involve Macs. And you'll have to explain a bit more about that in a moment, Matt. But um, you know, I need to get into the whole Mac world and, and, and possibly an iPhone. And I thought, well... Who better to speak to about that than, than me and Rob on the on the eight or sixteen podcast? You couldn't find two more knowledgeable people, Matt. We will and we'll sort you out. And, and that's what I was hoping, guys. <laughs> coming to the best. It's very rare you get someone come to you voluntarily to be brought over to the dark side. It's weird, isn't it? That's a really good point. I hadn't thought of that. Normally, you have to drag people kicking and screaming. So I will. I will preface this. I, I have owned a Mac in the past, but it, it has been. Oh my gosh, 15 years. I had probably one of the original, um, and I'm, I'm, you're going to see my uh, ignorance here. It's the one that was kind of the all-in-one when they first came out with the all-in-one, were they, were they iMac? An iMac, yep. An iMac, yep. So, you know, 2005, 2006, whenever that came out, I had one of those. Um, so, but. Was that the flat panel iMac? We're not talking like the really old, like the, the CRT. Yeah, the flat panel. Yeah. yeah. That was some time ago. Well, that, that was amazing when that first came out. Oh, yeah. And then they basically didn't change it for 15 years, did they? <laughs> right, right. I went to look it up and it, I, I had trouble because they look exactly the same. They did the <laughs> little bugger display. So what made you switch from that? Did, how long did you have that iMac? Um, probably a good two or three years. Probably two or three years. And it was more of a, a novelty type thing. We bought it to fill a space in the kitchen. You know, it was kind of like we put it right in a cubby area we had in our kitchen. You you are the, the mythical kitchen iMac guy. <laughs> we, <laughs> yes. We've talked about this before because when they they just recently, f for the first time, as you know, in, in decades, completely revamped the iMac with this, with the most recent one, the iMac 24, it's complete redesign. And as part of their pitch, they demonstrated someone using it in their kitchen. And we found this very, very odd. But you've actually, you are a genuine kitchen iMac user. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, you found me. I, I did use it in the kitchen, uh, and along that lines, I will. I'll say I had I had an iPhone, so I had one. I had the original iPhone to go along with the iMac, and I I really enjoyed that um, up until the point where, uh, long story short, my work went and moved almost exclusively to Android, and so it was not a uh, a good fit anymore. So I just kind of threw it aside and moved on with the Windows world. And was it the original iPhone, the actual iPhone 1 that you had? 
Yes, I actually, uh, I, I actually found it the other day as I was digging through some some junks, and uh, it actually turned on. If you can believe that, <laughs> it's probably worth a fair bit now, isn't it? Have you got a mint condition original iPhone that still works? I don't know. Uh, don't know if it's mint though. It's probably got some scratches and stuff on it. I should get it off. Yeah, it's worth it. So yeah. you were on the cusp of becoming a proper Apple person, weren't you? But you, I was. Abandoned yeah. It. Yeah. So what happened? What, they, what went wrong? <laughs> um, the iPhone four came out, and I was just I, I bought it, and like I'm I'm thinking, man, these guys are just cranking out clone after clone after clone. It just it just didn't it didn't uh, it didn't advance my uh, uh, at least in my head what what I thought the next version should be. And uh, as I said before, that that's the kind of the point we decided uh, the cor- the company I was working with to go with go with Android, and. Uh, so I kind of just let that fall away, and uh, uh, my kitchen one uh, that was like three years later just kind of stopped working, and it kind of all went to the recycle bin. That's sad. What was the equivalent Android around the time of the iPhone four? That would have been like HTC Desire era, wouldn't it? Uh, what did I go with? We had the um, it was like the first line in the galaxies. Very was, early. I don't remember. It was very early. It was yeah. like yeah, it was when they first started out. It's interesting that you decided to make the switch because the early androids were dreadful so I, I had the first i had the uh the first android phone you know the one with the chin and the sort of rollerball and the articulating screen with the physical keyboard it was it was horrific <laughs> but um but well i mean now they're in they're indistinguishable it doesn't matter which which you go with you can do the same you can't it's very difficult to buy a bad phone now but back then iphone 4 was I think pretty substantially better than anything else you could get at that time. Yeah. I, like I said, I had mine for, it was probably two or three years. I had the iPhone four, but I, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, you sort of, did you, what was it that you liked about it? There was a sort of the open source nature of it, the, you know, that you weren't locked in that sort of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I, I thought Apple would go kind of more towards that way, especially like when, uh, you know, when the, when the first iPhone and then the iPhone, the three came out, you know, there were so many people jailbreaking them and then writing apps for them and you could sideload stuff. And it was such a, an interesting infrastructure. I thought, Oh man, if they keep doing this, this is a really great platform. But then with the four that everything kind of got locked down, you know, they kind of shut the door on all of that uh, jailbreaking and sideloading. And, and it, here's my ignorance. As far as I know, I don't think you can still do that to the day. I think you're, you're kind of locked in, aren't you? Oh no, you can. Yeah, that absolutely still happens today. Does it? Okay. Okay. So what's your your daily carry now then, Matt? What what are you using now? Uh, I have a Note Nine, so a Galaxy Note Nine right now. Um, nice. And uh, I'm actually thinking about going to the Twenty Two Ultra. Ooh, really? Well, actually, yeah. you're in you're in the right part of the world to get a decent S Twenty Two Ultra. We're not, unfortunately. So I, I'm right in saying that, aren't I? I think you get the you get the proper chip over there. You get the Snapdragon. Oh yeah, I've been reading that. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to do a follow-up on this, but the I've, I've been using the S22 Ultra as my kind of second, my Android phone mm-hmm. um, for the last few weeks. And um, it's a really disappointing experience um, because it's really? such, yeah, unfortunately, it's such a brilliant phone in terms of mm-hmm. everything about it. The screen, it's the best screen I've ever seen on a phone. Um, yeah, it's got the S Pen, which I don't use a huge amount, but it's nice to have it there. Um, the, you know, the, the feel of it, the design of it, the fit and finish, it's all superb, top-notch. But it's just sluggish. It kind of jitters along, and I find myself picking up my iPhone SE much more than that oh, yeah. um, S twenty two Ultra. Um, wow! I, I think it's purely down to the chip. I mean, I think you'll be fine, Matt, if you go with it mm-hmm. in the states. I think because um, you get the you get the you know, the full fat version. But um, mm-hmm. it's very annoying that we pay the same price over here for a lesser device. It's just it's not fair, really. Um, and it's it's I'm well, I'm really sick. disappointed by it. It's it's a real shame. I think. Except in the case of the S22 with the ridiculous trading offer, so just for Matt's benefit here in the UK at the moment, you can trade in, if you buy directly from Samsung, you can trade in any Android phone in any condition. It doesn't have to be working, have a smash screen, doesn't matter. As long as it's an old Android phone, you trade it in, they will give you £200 off at checkout. So before you've even sent it in, just on the promise of sending in a broken phone, they will knock 200 quid off. And then they're also throwing in a year of Disney Plus. 
which is very popular. I imagine a lot of people who are in the market for that sort of premium smartphone are likely to be subscribed to something like Disney Plus. That's effectively, and that's like seven ninety nine a month here. So that's effectively a £95 saving on that, assuming you were going to be paying that out anyway, which brings the price down to like 480 quid, which for a, you know, a flagship Android, even with its GIMP Exynos chip, it's quite tempting. I'm quite tempted still. I think for that price, it's worth it, 100%. Don't get me wrong, it's not unusable. It's just, it's just disappointing. It's just a shame that it hasn't got the full fat Snapdragon in it. Hmm. But then what, what else are you going to get, though? You're going to get a Pixel with all its buggy software updates and fingerprint exactly. sensor that doesn't work. Yeah, I've not used the Pixel, but from what the reports on the Pixel 6 are pretty pretty bad, aren't they? My wife has a Pixel 6. We got, we got a Pixel 6, or I got a Pixel 6 for her for uh, Christmas, and she absolutely loves it. And uh, she has, uh, she's experienced some of the problems. Like, she has the, uh, the Bluetooth problem where uh, the headset falls out, and that kind of annoys her because she does a lot of uh, calls for work. Uh, but she's not she's not experiencing any of the other stuff, which is good. And uh, the camera is just amazing for her. She she takes a lot of pictures for for her job, and uh, you know, kind of the the gimmicky thing that she she just goes uh, crazy over is that being able to remove people. You know, yeah. being able to remove people from pictures is just like amazing to her. But she, uh, yeah, I, I've 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 read a lot about it, and I was really concerned that she was going to start experiencing this, but. Yeah. Magic Eraser is the feature you describe. And just for, for those of us on the Apple side, there is a brilliant app called Touch Retouch. I can't remember if it's paid or free or if it's you know free, but you can pay to unlock some extra stuff. I can't remember. I use it all the time, though. It does the same thing. Nice. Yeah, I think that with the Pixel, I think it, even those issues, the camera, I, I still love. My, my Pixel 4a is still the best smartphone camera I have. Um, absolutely it's very marmite i think in terms of you know people either, either love it or hate it but um i i love that that camera i think it's fantastic so i think if it, if it produces images like that you can kind of forgive some of the some of the buggy buggy things that happen my, my favorite thing about the the pixel 6 camera bump is that you could you can get skins to make it look like uh, a ninja turtle so imagine that pixel bump is like a the turtle's bandana, and then you have a green background, and that looks amazing. I just looked it up to, to uh, when you were talking about Rob. Uh, one of the carriers here in the U.S. is actually running an even better deal than that. They're they're accepting almost any phone, and they're giving you eight hundred dollars off. So the S twenty two, the base model, is actually free, uh, and then the uh, the twenty two plus is just a few dollars a month. Wow! Yeah, wow. yeah. So no, no brainer. Yeah, no, is that, that's that's got to be T-Mobile, surely. Is that T-Mobile? Oh, it's actually AT and T. Is it? Well, I would not have suspected that. Yeah. Well, isn't it? Wasn't going to be Verizon, was it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. So, Matt. So this um, going back to your your project. Tell us a bit about what it is. What? Why? What brought you to send me that email in terms of you know seeking out some help for for the Mac side of things? Uh, so yeah, as, as I as I said, you know, I kind of got back into application development over the uh, just ran into a, a friend and uh, we started talking about uh, kind of the olden days and how we how we used to work together and doing doing a lot of development and we just talked about how kind of missed those days and uh, he started talking about his uh, his new job doing Flutter uh, development on on Android and iOS and that got me thinking uh, you know we just talked about how far along application developments come. Uh, since we did it, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And he told me to check it out. And so I started checking it out and I really kind of fell in love with the whole infrastructure again, just loved what they're doing, uh, what Google's doing with the, you know, able to develop for both platforms. Uh, so I kind of picked that back up, started taking some courses, um, got really, really into it. And then, you know, I kind of hit the wall where like, I've done all the Android stuff I can do. Now I've got to switch to Mac and, and uh, you know, I kind of, read a little bit and it's it doesn't it doesn't run i can't run a mac emulator on my windows machine and so uh <laughs> it's kind of funny that you know the course i mentioned said go borrow one from a friend i'm like well i'm not gonna go borrow one from a friend i just i'll just go see what's out there and then uh i thought well hey what better than to talk to mark and rob about it and see uh see what they uh, would recommend me buy it's a shame you're not down the road because I've got about 17 Macs in here. Borrowed the Mac Mini. <laughs> Would it be worth the flight over to pick up a? <laughs> well, trip to the states. Well, yeah, why not? 
Yeah, yeah. That, I'm sure. <laughs> so, I mean, it is technically possible to run Mac OS in a virtual machine, but it's very difficult. Um, so there's a good resource called Tony Mac 8, Tony, Tony Mac X86, which is a, the, the, the hacking Tosh community as it was. So that's, that was people who wanted to build their own PCs and then run Mac OS on them for whatever reason. So, um, the, the, one of the tricky things about, you know, if you don't already have a Mac to hand is simply getting hold of a clean binary, you know, a clean, like a disk image and ISO for the, for the installation. Cause obviously there are lots of places you could download it from and you're probably going to get some extra stuff that you weren't expecting. So yeah, that's your first problem is getting hold of a clean image. And then the second problem is just obviously all of the protections that Apple have put in place to make it as hard as possible. To, to virtualize mac os on 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 x86 so um so it, it is possible but it's probably easier just to buy one i agree yeah yeah especially i think um you know 20 year old me would def- definitely go for that but uh you know older me is kind of like well you know this could be a you know a money-making venture you know i might put an app out there that becomes popular you definitely don't want to hmm send the other stuff along with that app to people you know no definitely not so yeah. what can we ask you budget i mean they're all roundabouts you, know, you don't have to be completely explicit with it but um what, what you think in terms of that um so actually i was kind of considering like three different lines maybe maybe entry level middle middle of the road and if i just had unlimited funds well not really unlimited but you know a couple thousand dollars what could i what could i get with that and uh, I'm going to throw another little wrench in here. What if I wanted to go totally uh, portable, meaning for my Windows side and my Mac side? Because uh, uh, obviously, with everybody working remote these days, there's a, there's an opportunity for my wife and I to do a lot of traveling. And if we can work from wherever, we take advantage of that. Yeah, I think there's a quite an obvious answer to this. I wonder if Rob's thinking the exact same thing as me. If we count down, have you got an idea yet, Rob? What you should get? Well, I, I, I'm going to stay quiet for a bit because I'm a bit biased at the moment, aren't I? I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit sort of doughy-eyed about a particular model because I just got one. True. I think, I think really, Matt. I mean, I suppose the, the, the first caveat with this is that I'm not a developer at all, um, so I can't really speak from experience with that at all. Um, but I can speak from experience of using, yeah, several different uh, variations of the current Macs. I suppose the first thing is you, you kind of entered this at the, the perfect time because of the M1. Um, I don't know how much you know about the M1 chip and, you know, I'm yeah, where we've got to. Very little. I mean, it's, it's it. yeah, it's revolutionized the Mac um, ecosystem, really. You know, it's Apple's own chip. Um, it's It completely redefines what it is to to buy a Mac, you know, what, what, what it takes to get the Mac that you need. You know, originally you'd have to spec it up as much as you can, get enough RAM, and then deal with some of the um, the more, the, the bigger issues that came from Intel processors in, you know, uh, in, in certain Macs that just weren't built for the, you know, all, all of the inherent issues with um, thermal designs and all that sort of stuff. It was just a fairly horrible period, um, you know, terrible keyboards and, and all sorts of things. So you've kind of come into it when all that stuff is kind of behind us now. <laughs> so we've been through yeah, the period where you kind of left yeah, Macs behind and and I kind of went over to Windows. Um, you've missed all the all the crap basically, <laughs> and um, come out the back of it. And, and obviously, and you know, Rob and I have had pretty bad experiences with things like you know MacBook Pros. I know Rob had a pretty bad experience with his 16-inch MacBook Pro, the Intel version. I've suffered with those uh, similar machines in the past as well. But yeah, it's a, it's a really good time to buy a Mac. Um, I think the, the biggest the largest benefit to this from your perspective is the fact that you don't have to spend much money at all. And that's, that's why I asked the budget question straight away. Mm. Um, and interestingly, I still see a lot of people in my comments on YouTube who still don't quite get this, that you don't have to spend a lot of money. Um, I had someone today comment on the fact that, you know, I, I was talking, I did a video about the, um, the Mac mini versus the Mac studio, two very, very different computers. And my point with that was that if you do normal computery type stuff, just, you know, spreadsheets, email, normal things that you do to either run your business or, you know, do stuff for, for, for home, you don't need any more than eight gigabyte, gigabytes of, of unified memory. You just don't. I mean, I've been running that for 
the last however long, 18 months on, on one of my machines, no, two of my machines actually. Um, and it's fine. It works absolutely perfectly. Um, but people still don't understand that. They'll still say, oh, no, no, you've got to spend, you've got to spend as much as you can get 16 gigabytes, or if you can, go and get the 32 gigabyte MacBook Pro. And it's just not the case, unless you know that you need it. And I, I don't know what Rob thinks, but I, I'm, I personally have the belief that if you need a powerful Mac these days, you know you do. Would you agree, Rob? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, um, well, certainly my, my experience, having gone from, uh, two thousand seven hundred ninety nine pound i nine, sixteen gigs of RAM, discrete GPU. Was it got like fifty five hundred M on it? Basically, you know the whatever the the last sixteen inch Intel MacBook was. I had that, and yeah, just the 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 fan noise and the, the comedy battery life. It was. It was just not a good experience, and it in day to day, for the things that that i nine processor excels at, you know, if you got like an extra, if you needed those sort of bursts of extreme multi threaded performance, obviously it was fantastic. But the rest of the time, it was an awful computer. Hmm. So I, mean, I was so disappointed with that because I loved the twenty fifteen MacBook that I had before. It was pretty much practically the perfect laptop at that time. Um, but yes, and I had to, as soon as they launched, as soon as they announced Apple Silicon, I had to get rid of it, and then um, I sat on that money because I knew that they'd be worth fifty p once Apple Silicon actually came out. It was a bit of a gamble because it might have been rubbish, but as it's turned out, it's it's all right. And then I yeah, I've got a, I've got a, initially I got a, a base Mac Mini. It wipes the floor with that i nine, the Intel base MacBook Pro, and that was a serious bit of kit that intel macbook pro that i had so yeah but no the, the reason i've i'm just staying quiet for the moment is because i stumbled across an amazon warehouse deal so they're having a spring sale the amazons at the moment you know every now and again they'll have an, a warehouse clearance um but they were offering an additional 20 percent off their already heavily discounted return you know used products so long story short i've got a, an m1 macbook air that i paid 683 pounds for which is complete madness mm. that's an incredible price um and i think i think it's my favorite laptop i've ever had it is it's another it's, it's one of those things where it's not the best at anything okay yeah, it's got a, it's got a smaller display it's only got two USB-C or thunderbolt ports on it um the speakers aren't the best they're very good they're you know, better than any other laptop speaker I've heard, bar the 16-inch MacBook Pro. But I'd, I'd take all of the other benefits of the MacBook Air over that, that Intel MacBook Pro. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything I'd change about it. And I, I've no idea what they could possibly offer me with the, you know, the rumoured facelifted version. So I don't know if you... Well, clearly, you're not an Apple guy, Matt, so you wouldn't be keeping up on the rumours. But apparently they're going to be doing away with the iconic wedge shape that it's had for 12 years. Not even longer than that. When did it first come out? 2009? Something like that? Yeah. Anyway, very long time it's had that sort of iconic wedge shape that has become the, the standard Ultrabook shape, hasn't it? Um, but yeah, they're going to squareify it because Apple's all about the squares at the moment. Everything's got to be flat edged so okay i mean that'd be cool and they'll probably come in a range of colors and whatever and it'll have a you know an even faster chip it doesn't need to be any faster no it's so i mean this obviously this is a two-year-old laptop effectively not the particular one i've got my one yes it was used but it was like new it, it had 14 charge cycles absolutely pristine out of the box box was a bit tatty so it had 14 charge cycles and it's still got like nine months of the warranty left on it so it, for, for all intents and purposes, brand new. But um, yeah, I just, I genuinely, I don't know what they could improve about it. The display is fantastic. The keyboard is brilliant. It's, just, it's a lovely computer. I don't, I, I've previously been sort of umming and ahhing about getting a 14-inch MacBook Pro. Um, and then I saw this deal come up and I was like, I'm sure it's nicer. It's going to be more powerful. The micro or the mini LED backlit display is going to be nice the promotion there are you know a number of benefits it's got it's got like a, a, the m1 pro in it hasn't it? it's got a faster chip faster unified memory 
faster bus to the to the storage and all that sort of stuff it's not going to be three times better than what I, what I you know so as to justify the outlay um, so all this to say I had previously always had MacBook Pros because I wanted you, you needed to get that if you wanted the best performance because the, the MacBook Airs were, and the MacBooks, the 12-inch MacBooks, you remember those? They had like uh, Core i3 chips in them. You know, they, were, I think they, they were passively cooled, weren't they? So, but to keep them, everything cool, you, you obviously couldn't cram all that much power, computing power in there. So you know, it, was, it was a choice before about whether you wanted thin, light, portable, or whether you wanted performance and you would accept that it was going to be heavier and bigger and all that sort of stuff. You don't have to choose anymore. I was always, you know, of the opinion that I needed a MacBook Pro. I, I, I don't at all. I absolutely don't. No, you really don't. I think um, just very quickly as well with the with that MacBook Air. I always, I always remember I went to um, Montreal last October um, on business, and I happened to land on the day of the Apple event, which was the the launch of the new MacBook Pros, um, and I had to get a video out that. Well, for the next day, basically. So I'd flown all day, absolutely knackered, got into the hotel room um, and had to, had all my camera gear and stuff and lighting and stuff and filmed filmed the video. Um, and the only thing that I had with me to edit that video was the base level MacBook Air, the same one that Rob's just described. Eight gigabytes of RAM, you know, the cheapest one you can get. Um, but it's the only thing that I had to, to edit that video with. And I shot the video in 4K, 10-bit color. It was all, you know, really kind of beefy footage and um it it got me through without without barely a murmur it got me through that edit and made sure i had that video ready for the next day and it wasn't painful either whereas i think if i think back to the macbook pro that i had the the 13 inch the the original you know they called it the the escape key uh, macbook pro which was like the base level macbook pro from 2016 um that would have been horrible to work I, I know it would have been horrendous because I, I, I occasionally put that through some video editing stuff back then and it was just awful but this Mac MacBook Air occasionally slowed down a little bit perhaps dropped a couple of frames and things but no it absolutely smashed it um, and now I'm sat in front of this you know three and a half grand 16 inch MacBook Pro and yeah it's quicker and like Rob says it's got a nicer screen bigger screen obviously um, it's got all oodles of power inside it but it's not you know, three times better than that MacBook Air, really. It, it saves me minutes for each video, you know, and a lot of hassle in terms of waiting for renders and stuff. But, yeah. So this is a really long way of saying, Matt, just buy a MacBook Air. <laughs> buy a MacBook Air. Okay, okay. Uh, I, I took Rob's advice. I just jumped on Amazon. They are selling renewal, renewed ones on Amazon. Uh, this is US, of course, for six ninety nine. Nice. I, I, I don't. I don't. Is that Amazon certified renewed? I wouldn't buy a third party seller. So the the one I got was uh, was from the warehouse. So it was a used one, but the condition was described as like new, and uh, and it was. I imagine it's luck of the draw. I'm, you know, sometimes you might get a ropey one, but you know, if you're not happy with it, it's Amazon, and you just send it back. Uh, yes, this is Amazon's renewed store. Yep, from, directly from Amazon. Well, then I, I, you're probably all right. I don't. Yeah, I don't know that I trust a third party, you know, refurbished one. Or you've got Apple's own refurb store, so you can buy one. That's so the benefit of buying one directly from Amazon. So directly from Apple. So Apple have a refurbished store in the US and in various other places around the world. We're fortunate in the UK that they have a, a refurb store here, but it's not everywhere, unfortunately. But you will have one, um, and. The only difference, so I, up until very recently, actually, I'm trying to think. Yeah, up up until that 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 um, that i nine MacBook Pro, I'd only ever bought refurbished computers from Apple, and I can tell you that the the difference, the only difference is it comes in a plain white box, rather than a fancy one, um, and that's it. So uh, quite often they will, it'll have a completely new chassis, like it'll come plastic wrapped and everything. Um, a brand new battery, almost always. I, you know, I've never had a refurb machine with more than like two or three cycles, which I imagine they have to do anyway, just as you know, 
QA before they send it out the door. Um, and you get a full year's Apple warranty, which you can extend to three if you want to add Apple Care to it. And you typically get about 15% off the retail price. So you'd be looking at, um, what, $750 or something, $850 maybe for $850. So that's something worth considering. So yeah, a little bit more expensive than, than Amazon's sort of re refurbished pricing, but you get that sort of peace of mind that I don't know how where your nearest Apple store is, but you know if you had a problem, their their service is generally very good. You'd be able to take it take it in and they'd, they'd set you right. So yeah, so that's that's those those are the two tips straight off the bat. Is one you don't need anything more than a MacBook Air probably. Well, actually, we need to discuss what sort of app you're doing, so we may change that later. We'll get onto that in a bit. But yeah, for, for initial feelings are, unless you're doing something spectacularly heavy, um, yeah, a, a, a base M1 MacBook Air would do the job, and don't buy a new one, get a refurb one. Okay. All right, I've got that down. <laughs> yeah, we have made an assumption there, haven't we? So in terms of the, the type of work you're going to be doing... Matt, what, what so does it involve? You're going to be making like Genshin Two or something, are you? No, very, very <laughs> simple. Uh, very simple apps. I'm not. I'm not doing any game development or anything. It's just mostly uh, the the couple apps I've started working on are just uh, very, very basic. So, but the, the the only thing I'm not sure about. So you said that you're it's, it's Flutter that you want to be working with. Uh, yep, yeah, it's, uh, it's Android Studio and then Google's uh, Flutter APIs. So I I have no experience in this area, and it's probably something perhaps we should have put out to the folks on Discord who are much better informed than we are about this sort of thing. I would do your homework and see how compatible Android Studio and Flutter and all that stuff is on M1. Um, they're, they're, it, things should be all right now because it's been out for a couple of years, but certainly initially, people, you know, developers were holding off a bit because there were all sorts of problems with, you know, Docker and Brew and, you know, all the sort of tools they relied on that they weren't really working all that great with Apple Silicon. But all of, all of those kinks have been ironed out. I don't know where Google is on that because it's not on my radar particularly. So you might want to do your homework on that. If it turns out that developing for, you know, using Android tools on M1 is tricky and as I said, there's a, there's a, I've seen a few videos from a guy called um, Alex Alex Ziskand I think his name is he's on the YouTubes he might be worth checking out to see uh, to get a, a, an impression of what it's like using those tools on M1 but actually if it turns out that it's not so great then the world's your oyster because Intel based MacBooks are, are worth pennies now because no one wants them. They're probably the most value for money PC you can buy. That's now. a really good point, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because if you want a Windows machine with the kind of build quality that you would get in a MacBook Pro, you're, you know, you're looking at $1,500, $2,000. You're looking at your Razors and your Dell XPSs and that sort of stuff. But you can actually you know, pick up a second-hand MacBook Pro, which will give you the best of both worlds because that's still have an Intel chip in it. So you can run Mac OS, you do all your Mac OS, um, you know, iOS development, that sort of stuff on it. But you could also run Windows on it at the same time. And they're super cheap because no one wants them anymore. Well, now you've kind of scared me off from them, Rob. <laughs> with your with your other uh, statement earlier now i'm kind of like i gotta cross that off the list but <laughs> yeah perhaps we shouldn't send him down that route rob i mean that, that's a, that is a rabbit hole that's a, that's a curveball i'll give you that but it's uh, it's worth having in your back pocket if if it turns out that once you've done your homework and made sure that you know seen how your tools will work with m1 which will probably be fine but just in case it isn't it's actually not the end of the world if you have to resort to an intel macbook because, as I say, they they are astonishingly good value for money now. Because everyone, you know, all the, all the staunch Mac people are you know, migrating off onto Apple Silicon, so the market's flooded with them. Hmm. I'll tell you what we'll do, Matt. We'll get you onto the Discord server. I'll give, I'll send an invite over so you can have a chat. Because, like, like Rob says, yeah, yeah. those guys in there, it's not my area at all either. But um, there's mm. there's always someone on there who's got an answer that you can rely on. So we'll, we'll get you on there. Um, so. Uh... Let's let's assume let's assuming an M1 will work fine. 
um, you know, when I had my Mac before, I ran Parallels. Does Parallels still a thing? Does it still work? And does it still work with the M1? Do you do you know? No, it it, it doesn't. So because so the, so because the M1 is ARM, you can virtualize the ARM build of Windows. But you, you know, you can, which is is there are there are hoops to jump through, so you can do it. And you know, there are various. I, th- I think there are various Linux options that you can run if you want to. If that's if that's what you were thinking. So I I, uh, I had to go with Ubuntu on M1 just to see if it works and it works fine. But um, there is there is an ARM build of Windows which is strictly for OEM, so you can get your hands on it. It's not strictly speaking legal. It does work. But uh, yeah, if you're expecting the kind of experience that you used to have with Parallels on a Mac, which was fantastic, um, yeah, it's, it's not going to happen. So if Parallels, again, if Parallels is important to you, if you want to be able, if you want that flexibility to swip, switch between OSs, then um, again, yeah, maybe picking up a second-hand Intel MacBook might be worth considering. But yeah. Does that answer your question? It does, yeah. You know, I was just considering if I could do an all-in-one. You know, as I said, if if there is some remote work in my future, could I could I get by with just a a, a MacBook, taking it on the road? But it doesn't sound like I could. It sounds like I still might be packing too left. Yeah, I think you would. Okay, so MacBook Air, potentially, like Rob says, he may have to keep in your back pocket the. Intel, the older Intel versions, which I, I'd never thought of that, Rob, but it's such a good point. They're, they're, they're very good value for money these days if someone's got a smaller budget or needs needs that well, kind of... Um, I mean, d- despite absolutely stuff. panning that Core i9 MacBook Pro that I had, <laughs> you can pick them up for about a grand. That's a lot of computer for a grand. Yeah. That, you know, RRP, that was a £2,800 computer hmm. that you, you, you can't give them away. £1,000 for that much computing power is pretty insane. So Rob, do you have any any uh, history with like a? Uh, I have a, I have the Dell XPS thirteen, and I also have Compaq uh, Spectra. You know, kind of they're both top end laptops for the Windows. Are they? Is it is compatible, or is it is there really that much wrong with it? Or would I, coming from that world, would I probably not notice any difference if I if I picked up one of the Intel MacBooks? Could I easily replace like the S- XPS with it? Do it depends how recent your XPS is. Uh, it's fairly uh, five years. I think I think I got it. It's probably a 2016, 2017 model. Oh yeah, yeah. If you if you picked up a recent recent one, and uh, I, it's it is opening up a can of worms because you may or may not be aware that from twenty sixteen, Apple experimented with a uh, a new kind of keyboard switch, which everybody hated and was notoriously unreliable. You, a key would essentially fail if a speck of dust got under it. So you want to avoid any of those that have got uh, got the oh, I can't remember it was a butterfly keyboard, wasn't it? The it butterfly was, yeah. switches. Um, so yeah, if, if you were going to look at a MacBook, you wouldn't want to get one prior that was pre two thousand and nineteen. So they, they, that was when they started putting proper keyboards back in. Um, the other thing about the Intel MacBooks is that they've got this horrible thing called a Touch Bar. Have you heard about this? I have. I have seen that. That's one of the. So they yeah they replaced the function row key with a with a a touch sensitive strip that almost no one liked. I don't think I've ever met anyone that likes the touch bar. Hmm. You occasionally see people on in comment sections, and if, if you ever talk about the touch bar on a video, there'll be one or two people who <laughs> are absolutely furious that you dare say anything bad about it. But it's not very many yeah. people. So it has a you know a cult following, but uh, most normal people are just like, yeah, that, what were they doing? That was rubbish. Um, so yeah, no, the the an, an Intel MacBook Pro is absolutely you know on par with with the, it's in that same league of laptop that you're used to in terms of build quality and reliability and just being nice things to look at and use. Have we given you enough information for the Mac, Matt? Do you think have you, have you, is that enough I've, to go away with? I absolutely think you have, yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was giving you some food for thought. I imagine you want to go away, do some homework, have a think, talk to the guys on the Discord, and then we reconvene at some point. Hmm. And what about the um, the iPhone? So, is am I right in saying that you you might need a, an iPhone as well? Uh, could possibly need an iPhone. Yeah, you, you could do it virtually. 
they have a they have a virtual device set up in Android Studio that you can launch virtually. But it does help to have an iPhone, and uh, I have an iPad that we bought recently. So I could, worst comes to worst, I can use the iPad. Yeah, the iPhone thing's probably a bit, a bit easier actually, isn't it? Because mm. I mean, every iPhone's got a decent chip in it, and there's no, no such thing as an Intel iPhone, thankfully. But um, <laughs> and if it's just for testing, I suppose, and debugging and that and that sort of stuff, then. Yeah, you could you could get the world's your oyster, really. Um, you know, an iPhone XR or something might do you. Um, if you want to spend a bit more and get something a bit more recent, you get the iPhone SE, which I'm still using. It's still at the minute my my daily carry. Um, partly because I can't be bothered to keep switching between iPhones, but um, this is a great phone. I mean, this this is a really good example of you know a a fairly aging design. You know, it, it, out of all the phones I've got in the studio, it's the, by far the most. Um, archaic looking one um, but it's it's also one of the quickest and against the the s22 ultra again you know, the the exynos uk version um, it's much quicker than that phone so um, and you know a third of the price um, so yeah an, an iphone se i mean i think that's about 400 dollars or so mm. that's an option um but yeah probably the second hand market do you think rob for, for iphones well what it do so well yes without uh you know, giving away your IP. What what is the nature of this? Is the camera important to your app? Not really. Not there, really. there's a yeah. potential to use it, but not, not uh, really. it would okay. it would be version two or three. Then yeah, pretty much any iPhone. They're they're all the same. If you if you don't if you're not planning on actually using it as a phone and you just want to make sure your app works, it's iPhone eight onwards basically. Which um, iPad did you get, Matt? Just out of interest. Uh, I just got the base one. Okay. Uh, they were running the, one of the local stores was running a deal over Christmas. So pick one up. I, oddly enough, because I hadn't had an Apple device in you know ten years, I'm like, I think we need an iPad. You get such right a lot now. for your money with that, though, don't you? That, that I'm, I'm guessing it's oh, the yeah. ninth generation, isn't it? The the one with the, the um, Touch ID button still. It uh, yeah, it does. It does have Touch ID. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We we bought one for a family member recently um, who's spending some time in hospital, and uh, we got him that. And he's never had an iPad before, and he was absolutely blown away with it. We we literally just got him the you know the, the cheapest iPad nine uh, Logitech keyboard case. Um, it's just fantastic. Again, I mean, I mean a bit like the SE, the iPhone SE. It looks it looks a bit older and what have you, but mm. you, you get a lot for your money when it comes to performance and the screen and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, we we love it again. <laughs> Going back to the kitchen, it, it it sits in the kitchen. It's it's my wife's uh, and mine uh, recipe book. So yeah, that's that's totally what we use that for, and get it out every once in a while to, to play a game or something. But yeah, for what we're doing with it, it's great. I I I completely overlooked all the Android ones for that one. I'm like, you know, the Samsung may just come out with a new one. I'm like, nah, you know, it's that was like, you know, six hundred bucks in the U.S. I'm like, no, nah, this is this is three forty nine or whatever we paid for. Totally. It's hard to look past the iPad, isn't it? I, I don't know anyone who's got the tab, the Galaxy tab. Um, yeah. Does anyone else, do, do either of you know anyone who's got a tab? They look nice, no, we've, don't we've they? Got, we've got, uh, we just, I just recently bought the toddler for her birthday, a uh, Kindle Fire tab thing. What's it called? No, not Kindle. It's Fire, isn't it? Their tablet. Amazon the, tab. the Amazon Kitty tablet. It's surprisingly not awful. It's actually all right for a three-year-old. Yeah, she's loving it. But yeah, as a rule, Android tablets suck. <laughs> Just don't bother. Yeah, yeah. We bought uh, years ago. We bought them kind of like eighty bucks. You know, for like when they first came out, Samsung was doing those tabs for like you know eighty hundred bucks. So I, we picked some up for the kids when they were probably you know Rob's kids' age. And uh, same thing. You know, they, they they destroyed him in a year and a half, but for hundred bucks. But but now you can't even touch. I don't think you can touch a tab for that. So, is there anything else you need from us, Matt, in terms of switching over to the dark side? <laughs> uh, so that was my that was my main concern. But you know, I still have reservation on. I've, I've got to I've got to work with Mac OS again, and uh, me and Mac OS just have never ever got along. So that's kind of a yeah, that's going to take some getting used to. What, what what is it that uh, I don't probably going uh, probably too far back to remember? But yeah, can you remember any particular annoyances about macOS? Um, 
I'm going to, I'm going to show my age, but man, you know, I, I'm coming from like, I started on DOS, you know, so like I, I'm very familiar with command line. I, I used command line for years in my work. And uh, I just always felt on Mac OS that I just didn't have that comfort level. And, and maybe it was just, just not playing with it enough, but uh, you know, on windows, I know that no matter what I can jump to a command prompt and do just about anything. And then, Mac trying to open a terminal and do something is just, just uh, uncomfortable to me. I suppose it's a whole different language, isn't it? I think if you if you're comparing command line stuff, yeah, that's going to be tricky, isn't it? Particularly if you've got that DOS knowledge embedded in you. There's nothing wrong with that at all. I think you, so many people still do that, don't they? Um, I mean, I, I found when it came to the kind of Windows interface, you know, the, the more kind of. Um, moving away from the command line stuff because i'm a originally i was a dos user as well I, mean, I think we could probably all show our ages with that but I did, I did find originally going from being a windows user for many many years to a mac uh, os 10 user as it was back then um i found that relatively straightforward it was only things like you know kind of window management that was a bit odd in in mac mm-hmm. on the mac compared to windows i still think occasionally even these days after you know being a mac user for 10 plus years I still find elements of the the way that it deals with Windows and things a little bit a little bit cumbersome compared to Windows because I spent so long with Windows Windows, um, but that was probably the only thing really. I think everything else it's I, I mean I'm a bit biased these days, but it just feels like a a far more solid enjoyable platform to use personally. You still have to close the window at the opposite side because <laughs> isn't, isn't the X on the like the left hand side instead of the Windows on the right hand side? It is. Yeah. It is, but no one does that. You would use a keyboard shortcut. You would use Command W, or if you want to close that window, or Command Q if you want to quit the app. I think you'll find it relatively straightforward to to get back into. Yeah. To be honest, I don't think you'll find an issue with that. Um, yeah, I think I think with a MacBook Air, I think you can be sorted. It's a lovely thing, and this is coming from you know a smug, pretentious former MacBook Pro user who would not consider anything less. I just I can't see how anyone would need anything more than a MacBook Air. Well, I can. I obviously know that there are people doing, you know, editing 8K footage and doing all kinds of, you know, working with massive amounts of data. But for most normal people, most of the time, the MacBook Air is is unbelievable. But your purchase of it, Rob, was completely left field. I didn't see that coming at all. I, I was, yeah, to, I'm, I'm as surprised as you are. It was only because it was uh, it was a price I couldn't resist. Um, and yeah, I couldn't be happier. Did you have a a specific use case for it? No, not at all. No, I, I have no. Well, as we've discussed previously, so you know, I've got my desktop Mac Mini where I do you know proper computer stuff, and then I've got an iPad Pro for away from the desk. I'd, since I got the MacBook Air, although I have to say, as, as, as a massive, as massive an iPad fan as I am, iPad Pro hasn't, seen, hasn't, hasn't had a look in. Yeah, I can imagine. So that's now, now the, the MacBook Air is your laptop, laptop of choice, basically. So yes, my, for, for, for my away from desk computing needs are largely served by the MacBook Air, which I didn't see happening because I, as you know, I've been a huge fan of the the iPad Pro and Magic Keyboard combination mm. to do that sort of stuff. I think the MacBook Air does, I think as you found, it does kind of render the MacBook, sorry, the the, the um, iPad Pro slash Magic Keyboard thing a bit redundant because it's that good. Particularly if you're used to macOS. I still find macOS easier to use from a normal sitting down doing doing stuff perspective than, than iPad OS. I'm just more, going back to what you were saying, Matt, actually about being more comfortable with you know, even go back to DOS, DOS days. Uh, maybe it's because it's our, our generation, but I still find iPadOS a bit cumbersome at times to do. Oh, I, early today, for example, I was trying to do some stuff, some file file based stuff, and um, I just got fed up with it and put the um, the iPad down and went back to the Mac. But um, I think because again, because that MacBook Air is so good, and the battery is so good, isn't it? I don't know if you've experienced this yet, Rob. I'm sure you have. It's just the battery is ridiculous. It's better. It's better than an iPad, I think. Uh, yeah, I don't think I've charged it since I got it. Um, and last time I, when I closed the lid on it earlier, it said I had like 10% left and I've had it for 10 days or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when, when it's in standby, it will have exactly the same amount of battery as it had 
when at the time that you shut it. Yeah. So you close the lid, you come back to it three days later, it'll have exactly the same amount of battery. I don't. That's witchcraft. I don't understand how that works. Yeah, because what not? Because with a Windows laptop, you you sometimes get that experience, but when you open the lid, it has to boot up again. Because what it's done is it's gone to sleep or some some form oh, yeah, of sleep. Yes, you open you open the lid and you're there. Boom, instant yeah. straight away. Yep. And it really is instant. I hadn't appreciated quite how fun that is. Where before you've even opened the lid, you're in. It's done. It's See, almost appealing because yeah. both of my lap, both of my Windows laptops are, you know, it, it's not a long time, but it, it's you know, not instant. It's probably a minute, you know. It's a, it's yeah, a massive yeah, convenience factor. Um, yeah. you, and the thing is, you get, you get it across the line now. So the, the MacBook Pro, the 16-inch MacBook Pro that I've got, the same. it's the same as the, the MacBook Air. The, the battery life is just astonishing. Um, I've written about this a few times where... I now edit... Obviously, I, I use this machine to edit video on, but um, I regularly forget that I haven't plugged it in. I find myself sat there at the dining room table or in, in the studio, editing away, and um, you never, you, ve- you very rarely see that low battery warning. But I have to remember to plug it in these days. Whereas going back again to the Intel days, um, you'd have to leave it plugged in all the time because you know, within ten minutes your battery's gone if you're doing anything remotely taxing. Um, but it's, it's it's amazing. I think I think that will be that will be quite a a kind of um, I suppose a, a benefit for you as well, Matt, particularly if you're going to be working away from the desk and stuff like that. You just yeah. you won't think about battery life anymore. It's amazing. So I did think of something else, and, and I'll get your guys' opinion on this. Uh, nowadays, most Windows laptops are touchscreens, and I know the, the MacBooks are not. Do you guys, do you guys, one, do you experience that? you miss that at all coming from like an iPad or anything, or, or is it just like a, a not really big deal? I don't miss it on, no, I don't miss it when switching from iPad to Mac. Um, that said, I know Rob and I've got differing feelings on this. Um, when I've used window modern Windows laptops like the the Surface laptop that do, that do have touchscreens, I do find myself using them. Um, I, I quite like that, but I don't then. I think because I've not used that that Windows laptop for a while now, I stopped missing it on the Mac. I did it initially when I was going between the Surface and the the MacBook. Um, I would find myself reaching out and trying to touch things. Um, but yeah, I know Rob's got some different thoughts on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm a staunch touchscreens on laptops are silly. So, I mean, I've got two Dell laptops here, and both of them are touchscreens. There's a nice, you know, metal chassis latitude there. Um, yeah, no, if you try and touch my screen, I will snap your finger off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't get it. It's not not for me. So yeah, I don't think you'll you'll have a problem with that, really, Matt. I don't know. I I, I like to t- I I like my touchscreen. I'm probably on the opposite end of Rob on touchscreens. You know, I'll be typing and just click click. I mean, I just I it's almost I don't even think about it. I think the thing with macOS, it's not, it's not designed for touch at all. Um, you know, the, the touch targets yes. on Windows are larger, definitely. You know, mm-hmm. the, the close and st- all, all the, the kind of uh, the stuff that you interact with Windows and well, things. Not quite as large as they were in Windows 8. Very true. <laughs> that is true. Which was a hot mess. That was a hot mess. It was a terrible operating system. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But uh, yeah, I guess it'd be similar to just using, uh, just using my desktop. You know, it's, my desktop's not touch screen. It's just a matter of getting used to it i am looking forward to the trackpad i've heard very good things about the track that's a really good point actually yeah very good yeah. i mean you don't get that experience there's a couple of things you don't uh, kind of experience wise that i think you don't get on windows versus mac um the touchpad is is definitely one of them i think retina screens as well is, is the other thing i think the screen quality is just top notch on, on most apple things uh, most apple devices but yeah the, the touchpad is amazing Everything about it. The fact that it isn't, you know, it's haptic. It's not even a proper clicky thing at all, but it feels like it is. Um, it's just so responsive, isn't it, Rob? I think I'd, whenever I go from the MacBook to pretty much any Windows laptop I've used, it's always a disappointing experience on the Windows one. They're much better these days than they used to be, but I still think they're the king of trackpads even today. It's, nothing comes close, really. Yeah, I don't. My, my Dell or my Compact, I, I just don't like either one of those touchpads. I was, I was watching a YouTube video. Someone was talking about a Mac, 
few weeks ago and he's, he's describing it and, you know, I'm sitting here touching my XPS going, Oh my gosh, this is just, this is a terrible experience. I just, you just don't never know. Yeah. No, so I, I think, I think the reason I've, I've never felt compelled to use a touchscreen is because I'm very heavily keyboard based. So on windows. So, you know, for my day job, I'm, I'm, so I'm in windows, you know, all, all day long, but I got, you know, a bunch of scripts and stuff set up using auto hotkey you know, I'm, I'm always, everything is keyboard triggered. And then on the Mac side of the house, I got, I use, um, well, traditionally I've always used an app called Alfred, which is a really, really cool sort of keyboard launcher where you can um, either just you know, use it to do something as basic as just launch an app and it will learn um the characters that you type trying to get to a particular app so that you can type fewer characters next time if that makes sense so as the more you use it the more efficient it gets because it knows oh well when i type in a b i want to open this app and so on and so forth but it, you can actually extend it with all kinds of complex scripts and and stuff but more recently i've been using an app called raycast and as a developer you probably really dig this if you're going to look up an app called raycast um it's really really cool for developers um you can extend it in all sorts of ways it links into a whole bunch of stuff that i think you might you might enjoy yeah so when when, when you are up and running with whatever mac it is that you end up going for i think raycast should be fairly near the top of the things you should check out and it may, may, may break your tr your screen touching habit <laughs> okay raycast i got, got it down we've given you a lot of homework haven't we Matt. We you have yeah yeah, I'm up to the challenge. I get I get to go to an Apple store and probably a couple of electronic stores. So yeah, <laughs> my wife probably won't like it, but hey, yeah. I gonna, well, it's difficult to articulate how nice the MacBook Air is to use. As I say coming from someone that had no intention of buying one, that's been a staunch MacBook Pro user, um, it's absolutely it's blown me away. This the yeah, all the nice to have just the fact that the the I bought it 10 days ago and I haven't had to charge the battery. The fact that when I, when I open the lid, it's ready to go and it's exactly in the same state as it was when I put it down. The, you know, the, the, so the, the keyboard is nice. The, the speakers are nice. The display is the killer differentiator between it and when similarly priced windows laptops. So on a couple of occasions recently on the discord, someone's come and said, look, I need, I've got a legitimate need for a Windows laptop. Please don't try and sell me a Mac. I've got a Mac already. I, I, I genuinely, I really, guys, no, really, I really need a Windows machine. What can I get that's as good as a MacBook Air for about a thousand dollars, thousand pounds? And the answer is there isn't anything. It's that, that we're in this, we live in this weird world where you cannot get the same level of performance, battery life, um, you know, convenience, build quality, and the display. There, are, you can get close with a number of machines. There are a number of XPS Dell XPSs, but they've got 1080p displays. Hmm. Yeah, there's, there's nothing out there on the Windows side that, that comes close, apart from a, a second-hand MacBook Pro. <laughs> I was just thinking we should do this as a service, Rob, because we've had Matt on today and we've obviously yeah. completely changed his life and he's going to thank us for the rest of his life. Um, we, we should start offering this, I think, as a service for people to come on. And The only problem with that is that the answer is always going to be just get a MacBook Air. Yeah. Well, that, that's, that's it. That's the service, isn't it? We'll yeah. just set up a website and then whatever we'll give you we'll give, you know, we'll give you some combo boxes and some radio buttons. It doesn't matter whatever doesn't you do choose. Anything. Yeah. Get the MacBook Air, <laughs> Matt. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we've, we've kind of hit the hit the buffers now, but um, it's been well. It's been great for us. I hope it's been useful for you. Oh, it has. Yes, uh, absolutely. I, I, I'm not. A, I'm not the type of person that's going to uh, pick sides and and, and and be staunch. I'm, I'm, I'm Windows. I, I realize there's a there's definitely uh, different stuff out there, and I, I welcome the opportunity to explore new technology. I think it's just, it's just nice to talk to someone who doesn't because obviously Rob and I are kind of really invested in this Mac Mac ecosystem and the Mac world and the whole Apple thing. But it's nice to talk to someone who isn't because it's like I say you're coming into it at a, at a really good time. I think if we'd have been recording this podcast three or four years ago, it would have been an entirely different conversation, wouldn't it, Rob? I, I'm, I was just while we were talking, I was trying to think what we'd be recommending, and it would be a really tricky, tricky sort of dilemma, wouldn't it? 
Yeah, that 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 ref- from the tw- the twenty sixteen MacBook Pro with the butterfly keyboard and the stupid touch bar, I avoided it like the plague. I just I was you would have had to prize my twenty fifteen MacBook Pro with the Radeon whatever it was from my cold dead hands because yeah I had no intention of of going that and then yeah when they finally re- released one with a proper keyboard and then I got it and it was basically no faster than my 2015 one and that's not apple's fault that was intel's fault because apple chips basically didn't get any faster for five years because they couldn't shrink their nodes um so yeah that was just a a colossal disappointment yeah so yeah a couple of years back pre-apple silicon we wouldn't have been nearly as enthusiastic it'd been a very depressing episode wouldn't it it would have been horrible (laughs) (laughs) so matt you're gonna have to we'll get you on discord we'll get you an invite to that so Mm -hmm. you can jump on and meet everyone um they're very helpful Um, far more knowledgeable than me, um, and yeah. But you, you need to let us know what you go, what you go for. You need to. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I'll, 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 like, come back and talk about why I don't like Apple anymore. <laughs> <laughs> go back to Windows. Uh, yeah, I've been here a week, guys. I just, I just can't get it. <laughs> yeah. No, we'll do that. We'll get you back on. But no, cheers, Matt. It's yeah. been, um, it's been really good. And uh, best of luck with your, with your purchase. Thank you. Thank you very much, guys. Cheers, guys. Thank you.